Team tune is still, still rent free <laughs> in my head, uh, Robert. And this is 22 times listening to it because this is episode 22. Welcome mm. back to the two in the Otters podcast with me, David B. Lyons. And me, Robert Enright. And on today's show, we are going to be talking about mailing lists, which isn't something we've really gone into in too much detail, I don't think, David. Not um, yet, but we will today. Yeah, so we're going to talk about how uh, we build them, how we interact with them, and how you, as the listener, can go about doing that, and then you, how you can use them to help grow your indie author business. Mm-hmm. We'll also be tackling a very interesting question in the mailbag from one of our wonderful listeners, David, and then we will be joined your favorite part of the show the seven questions um by dale hurst uh, which will be a very interesting chat because i believe he is also a veteran of the podcast game yes and a crime thriller writer as well i believe so it'd be interesting to um to talk to to him uh coming up in about what about half an hour um or so um we will get to our main talking point as well before then but we shall begin robert as we Mm -hmm. always do with the week that was now i'm not really sure i want to talk about my last week um but (laughs) you might persuade me in a couple of minutes before that though how has your last seven days been buddy uh my last seven days have been very productive Um, oh great I, i hit the zone love the zone when you're in the zone i hit it and i've started hitting like two chapters a day minimum brilliant things like that so i'm now i think i've just crept past sixty thousand words very nice robert enright thank you um i've got about five or six chapters left to write i can't remember off the top of my head but it's building to this big you know action-packed crescendo um but i did have a a sort of a rough deadline for this week. So obviously we record this on the Thursday. So I had a, a um, and it goes out on the Monday. So the, the Friday just gone was my deadline. However, I did push that back to next week. So right. I will hit that deadline. And then I've already got my pre-order set up and, and you know, everything lined up. So the end, that Lovely. final stretch is here. So that's been really good. And just to make sure I don't burn out writing, I've been taking breaks to focus on little other things which um you know it's good good just to, for the variety and i've yeah. just i've massively revamped all of my a plus content i just had like an idea of what would look really cool oh nice and it's it's actually come out looking better than i thought it would so awesome um, yeah so so i've been working on that this past week but beyond that that's kind of been it i've just sort of been you know had my ass glued to the seat and my fingers hitting the keys really um, in the zone, as you say. Now it's up to me to sort of coax an answer out of you. I want to hear about your week. <laughs> well, it's been disrupted. We had, um, we had, ha- we have had two snow days off school. So mm-hmm. I have a nearly seven-year-old daughter. She's seven next month, Lola. Um, so we had two snow days off school and two strike days off school. Right, uh, where the teachers are striking fully support the teacher striking. It's just do my head in. Supporter um, strikers. Yeah, supporter strikers and all that stuff. Uh means I'm not getting any writing done, but uh I'll I'll, I'll all is fine. it's just we've had Lola at home a lot this week. Yeah. Um four out of five days and myself and my wife run our own businesses from home, so it hasn't been as productive as I would have liked. Having said that, I was in a bit of a zone writing. Um, I'm a, a little bit. I was motoring with the Betsy Blake sequel that I'm, I'm currently writing, the novella. Oh, yeah. That's up at about. It's at about seventeen thousand words, and we're aiming for twenty five thousand. So I'm almost there. I think another week, yeah. and I'll be done with the first draft of that. So I'll probably be releasing that novella in April as well, as long as um as you are with your mm. your next book. So and we'll talk to listeners through those launches uh, live as they happen and um, what else have i been doing oh with my marketing i have now signed up to perpetuate which are the 
uh, aggregate company who will look after Amazon ads for you. Uh, that for was a um, recommended. Well, not recommended. It was just spoken about by Jean, Jean Granger, it, wasn't it? When it she was, was on Jean Seven Granger. Questions. Yeah. Yes, she was on Seven Questions about four shows ago, mm. and she mentioned them. And I've always been on the lookout for somebody to look after my Amazon ads because my books do well on Amazon, as in, mm. in that my ACOS is low. But the spend's just... It, it's hard it, again I, to spend the money, isn't it? It really is. That My Amazon ad spend about £10 a day when I have them set up to, send, to spend like £1,000 a day. <laughs> Even though I know it won't spend £1,000 a day. But every ad I have, I I put in £100. Spend £100 yeah. a day. And I have about 10 ads running. But they don't. They spend about a pound each. Or so The good ones will spend about five or six pounds and the bad ones will spend some pennies. Um, so... Perpetua are going to look after that for me and I will fill uh, uh, our listeners in as I go through that experience over the next couple of months. But there's something else I wanted to say I did this week. I, I have been writing, been doing a lot of playing silly games with my um, six, almost seven-year-old. And, um, oh, I, I did have some good news on the Alex Ferguson. Well, you see, this is this is what's annoying me about writing for television. <laughs> One of the production companies got back to my agent and said, yes, we love this. Um, we particularly like the four strands, the narrative strands and how it works out. And they were very complimentary. And then they went, okay, so we're going to contact this other pub, uh, production company and see what they say. So I've gone from trying to pitch to agents and the agents finally say yes. And then they're pitching to production companies and they finally say yes, only for them to then say, oh, we're going to ask this other production company if they want to co-produce. <laughs> And that's only starting. And when I think of it, they're at some point, even if they say yes, they're going to have to go to um, people who will pay, uh, you know, people who will fund. So they, they have to go and pitch the idea to somebody who will spend the money. And then they have to go to pitch it to networks or TV channels. So it's a never ending process of pitching. See, this and, is this is why they're this is why just being an indie author is easy. You know, you just in charge yeah, everything. You're dead right. It, you know, here, there's no gatekeepers for what we're tra- doing. You're trying to get into an industry where there's, you know, yes, yeah, so many gatekeepers. Yeah. They're lining the gatekeepers are lining up, so it's really annoying me. And it's sort of even though it's good news, it reminded me of that time about five or six years ago where I spent months pitching to agents and, yeah. and publishers. You know, just sending out emails and waiting to hear back. So it's I knew this about TV, which is why it's been a slog to try and get into, but. Um, Another door has opened, we shall say, this week. One of many that have to open. But it's, aside from having to be home a lot and uh, playing some a lot of art games and watching a lot of kids' Netflix, in between that, I've got some work done and I've had a door open for me. So it hasn't been the worst week. Um, but, yeah, no, I, 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 I've got through it. Two in the David, our talking point today is mailing lists. Yes. And I thought we could tackle the subject of mailing lists and all that that encompasses. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to caveat this with a bit of honesty and say this is probably my weakest part of my sort of indie author business. I think this is the part that I fall down. Not fall down. I think this is the part that I don't use to its fullest. If I'm honest right. with you. Okay, so... Um, um, well, that, that's what's great about this show, isn't it, really? Mm. Because we're not professing uh, to be experts in any specific areas of the field. And no. what, what we're going to do now, I would say I'm okay with my email newsletter. Yeah. If I was to give myself a mark out of 10, it would probably be a 5. I'm probably straight down the middle average at it. Um so what we're, what we're going to discuss is what we have learned, how we utilize our email lists and how we are going to attempt to grow them um, along mm-hmm. with you listeners. Uh, we, can, we can all try this together. Um, so th- that's, that's what, what we run this show for, isn't it? It's to discuss these types of things, Robert, uh, and, yeah. and as a community, help each other. Absolutely. Um, I mean, my mailing list works. Right. But I, again, I don't think it's... I don't think it's something I've ever maximised. Yeah. But again, we'll we'll just go through what we've done to to in this space, and and hopefully, you know, our listeners pick up some tips along the way. Yes, um, or even share some so, with us on our on our Facebook page. Please do. Yes, please do. Um, but I guess we should probably start with the obvious one, which is why is it important for authors to have a mailing list? Um, yeah. Because. 
where when I started, I started years ago, and I always saw mailing lists, and I was always a bit like um, hesitant to get involved because I was like, oh, email and marketing—that's not my thing. I'm a writer. Yeah. Um, and I wish I'd probably paid attention more than at the beginning to start cultivating a mailing list. Yeah. Um, so. With that said, David, why? Why is it important? Um, well, very simply, it, the, the main reason you should own your own email list is because that is then data that you own. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what if you have lots of followers on Amazon or on BookBub or lots of followers on your Facebook page, that is not data that you own. So if you have, I have, for example, I don't know, 3,006, 3,700 Facebook followers, say. If I put a post out tomorrow to say, um, or I'm even launching a book and I, I put a post out, I'm going to hit about maybe six or 800 people with that post. Not the near well, four, Facebook. Yeah, not the near 4,000 Fa- people. Fa- Facebook um, doesn't. Yeah, give visibility to your whole group. No, it doesn't. Your whole page. A, a, f- a fraction of it, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, and the same with your Amazon followers um, or anyone who has bought your book on Amazon. You don't have that data, but what you do have, if you have an email list, is direct access to all of your uh, readers. So you do have some data there, and it's pivotal uh, to have that in your back pocket. Yeah, and and we've championed on here a lot of the time about. Uh, yeah, we don't get the data. That that piece of data is what Amazon holds. That's why Amazon are Amazon. Yeah. Right? This billion yeah. like data is king. that owns the world. Yeah. yeah. They have the access, they have the data of this is the person who bought your stuff or bought this product. Yeah. And they don't share that with you. And that's understandable because that's their that's their business model. Yeah. However, if you can collate a list effectively and correctly, and I think we can go into sort of ways we do that you end up like you said you end up having that data and the key piece of that data is is you have the list of people who have bought your book and have expressed have made it expressively clear that they want more from you yeah and that is if you can look at a mailing list in that aspect that's why it's really important to to at least start one if you haven't started one start one yeah Um, they, they, you know, startup plans are free, but that's the thing because you can build a list of people who have bought your book and want more. Um, so that's why it's really important. Yeah. And like I just said there, David, like start one now. How would we start one? It, what would be your tip now to a a listener who hasn't started a mailing list? Well, what the, would be the best way for them to start? The first thing I would say um, is it's never too late. To start, so if you're eight books or ten books deep, and you're going, oh, I've never, I haven't started even collating an email list, that's absolutely fine. What you now have mm-hmm. is eight books where you can incorporate uh, a link for people to sign up for your email list, which is a great head start. Um, so don't think, oh, I, 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 I'm so far down the line, I haven't started that. It's a bad thing. If you're so far down the line and you're only starting it now, look at it as a positive. You can get to imp- implement the link to your email sign up. Um, at the front or the back of your books that are already published. You can do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's first thing. It's never too late. And if you want to, well, what you're essentially doing is asking a reader of your book um, to give you their email address. So you've, you're going to have to give them something in return, right? So a lot of people, yeah. I think the um, standard sort of formula that the indie community has evolved in over the past 10 years or so is perhaps a free novella or even a free... That's what I do. Yeah, that's what you do, Robert. That's So you offer a free novella um, at, well, at the, I offer two. To, to grow your email list and to, to get readers and fans on board. Yeah, that's so that's absolutely on the money. So what I, I wrote one with the express purpose of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to And I didn't even put it on Amazon. Yeah. It was exclusive. I've, I've always kind of gone back and forth on that. Um, what's more effective is is it that this isn't available on Amazon so you can only get it by signing up to my mailing list yeah or and where where I'm currently at the moment is both my novellas are 1.99 each mm-hmm. 
So I now tell people, save yourself £4 and sign up and get this these two Sam Pope novellas for free. Yeah. Just by giving me your email address. Right. And um, so that that's what I do with, with my novellas. And I think you're right there. I've seen, I've seen, um, I think we've, we've gone over this a little bit in, I think in the back matter episode. Yeah, previous episode. Yeah, we did. Um, so, so we've, we've gone over this, but I know I've, I've done it with my Bermuda Jones series where I've built like an investigation pack, yeah. which I just put together on Canva, which was like newspaper articles of sightings of monsters. Um, so there's, there's creative ways of offering something in return. Yeah. But, but you know, you, you always have to, you know, people guard their email address like probably more than their bank details. Yeah, it, it, it's, so, it's, it's a privacy thing, really, isn't it? If you're going to be dropping yeah. in somebody's email address once a month and once every two weeks, that's that you're, you're buying some space in their time. Yeah. And, and you have to be aware of that. So if you're saying to them, yeah, give me your email, like what, what are you giving them for it? Yeah. Is always worth thinking about. Yeah. So I mean, like David said, there, there's you know, the back of the book is the is the place to have mm-hmm. your link. Yeah. Um, I actually have it before asking for uh, reviews or anything like that. I just have a get more content. Yeah. From me here, sign up here. Um, there are other ways of doing it. So there's paid. You can pay for ads on Facebook. I've done some of those recently. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever done those, David. Pay for ads to like to your on to your email Facebook. sign up. Yeah, to get people to sign up. Oh, I haven't done that. No, no, I haven't tried okay, that. Okay, so so you can do that as a Facebook ad where people can click the button and yeah, because their Facebook is linked to their email. Mm-hmm. It stores their email and it sends it to you, and you can download the list and upload it, and then you know kick off your ah. mailing list automation. Okay, that's a new one, um, mate. But again, that's that's one way of doing it. But yeah, it's a very different type of sign up to someone who's read through your book and then signed up to you hitting someone cold with an ad. Yeah, because you have to sort of advertise what your book is, who you are, and then they're going to sign up and read it. And then obviously, if they like it, they'll go on and read the rest of your books. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. But again, you have to understand when you're doing that, you're going to get a very different type of subscriber. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about really attracting the right subscribers um, and people who do want to sort of invest in you, whether that's with time or, or money for your books. So mm-hmm. the, the best way is is certainly um, cultivating somebody who's already your book. So so something enticing at the back of your book that will uh, people will be willing to invest in. Uh, yeah. So mine is a totally different ball game. I, I sort of... I have links at the back of my book which lead you to interviews with me where I'm talking about the books people have just read. Yeah, and sort I've of seen them. They're very good. Giving them clues to sort of, you know, or, or pointing out where the clues were that they missed along the way for, for end twists and stuff like that. So it's an incentive, but that's not going to work for everybody. So be inventive, sort of think, what can I give away to get the email address from uh, this reader who's just finished my book? Uh, Also, I would say another tip actually is if if you haven't cultivated an email list or even started to to grow one yet and you have a few hundred or a few thousand followers on Facebook, reach out to them because they're already following you with a link to your and say sign up for my email. There's a a new sort of newsletter or whatever way we'll talk about how you cultivate your email list uh, next actually. But whatever way you sort of whatever whatever you can give your fan or whatever you're ready to give your reader you can you can entice your all your followers already on facebook by signing up for that email list and it will give you a sort of a good a good head start mm, absolutely um i think there's a function on facebook if you've got like a page where you can actually have a sign up button on the page that people can click oh yeah yes so so there are ways and i think it's what it's one of the things people need to get over when they start as indie authors or just start as authors. And it is, I know like imposter syndrome is a big thing. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I see a lot of posts where people say, like, I can't believe someone bought my book, which obviously comes from that place of, yeah. Oh, I can't, but be- you know, I've, I've written a book. Do I belong here? And I think a lot of people feel the same way about asking people, Hey, why don't you sign up and, you know, 
try and sell yourself as something that you should sign up for to get more of. Yeah. Um, so if if you are sitting there thinking, um, oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't ask people, what can I offer them? If they're already there, if they're already on your Facebook page, if they're already on your group, then they're interested. If they've already yeah. read your book, they know who you are. Um, yeah. And I think you need to sort of step out away from that comfort. Even if you don't like doing it, you need to sort of step out of that comfort zone yeah. of actually just go and do it. Yeah. You can't be like too polite about it, if that makes sense. Does that make you, sense? Did I articulate that okay? That that makes perfect sense. You have to listen. Everybody, listen to this podcast. Put in your diary for the of the next week before you listen to the next podcast. That what you have to do is implement links into the backs of your books that will lead to an email sign up. That's your mm-hmm. that's on your to do list next week. Now try and get creative with it. What can I offer them to get that email address? And at the very least, over the next seven days, I want you to just put, if you're interested in my books or you enjoy this book, please sign up here. At the very least, I want you to do that in the back of your books next week. But tr- the more inventive you are with it, the more sign-ups you're likely to get. Now, so it's fair to say I'm kind of good at that, at, at, at getting the email, right? So it works for yeah. me. I mean, it's not you. I think I, I have a following of about 8,000 at the moment on my email list, but oh, wow. uh, it, it's, I could get rid of 2000 of those tomorrow. If you know what I mean, yeah. that ha- probably haven't opened one in the last six months or something. And I'll have to, I'll have to look at that. So it's, it's a healthy ish following and my open rate is kind of good and you're good at getting it because you're giving away this free novella. So your problem when you say you're not great at email newsletters, it's not collating the email address. You have, you have email addresses. You just haven't, cultivated you haven't used it you have you don't run a, a a newsletter do you for example i'm not consistent enough with it which yes. annoys me because i'm really consistent with other stuff yeah um so like cultivating your list so when you've got the people to sign up i think one thing i'm really good at, i'm i'd say it's shit hot actually um is my automation like the automation sequence that you can build so when someone signs up the platform you're on whether that's mailchimp or mailer like i'm on mailer light i think you might be on mailer like david i am yes yeah yeah so whatever they provide you on they will have an automation um sequence that you can build to send emails after a certain number of time like once on uh, instantly upon sign up then a few days later then whatever and you you can you know put all those together where i think i fall down is i don't I'm not considered, so it's not first of the month, every month, here comes a newsletter. Yeah. And I'm bad at that because I don't think you should use your mailing list just to sell your books. You should do it to, to build a readership. Yeah. And I'm good at doing that on social media, not so good in the mailing list sphere. So All I right. think that's why I've had to cull my list by by half over the yeah. last year. But just get it um, right, yeah. Yeah, so get, get it right. Like you said, it's never too late. You can always just strip it back, start again. Um, so, you know, I've got ideas in my head to start doing that newsletter. Um, I've got ideas in my head to start doing more regular competitions, but yeah, again, it's, it's putting it into practice. And like I said, at the beginning of this, this thing is it's, it's, it's a dark spot for me. And I think it's one that I should dedicate a bit more time and resource to. Um, so I mean, what do you do? What, what have you got going on with your um, list? So I do. I am in everybody's email on the first of every month mm-hmm. with a newsletter saying, can you believe it's March already? Here we oh, are. that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, Delete. <laughs> <laughs> and as you will know, um, as we pre-produced this show together when we were when we were putting the two in the orders podcast together, I'm a fan of uh, a magazine format. Yes, which is what what this show is. So a magazine format is something uh, like a magazine is something that has the same features every week in it or every publication. Um, with so it's an interview, but it will be with a different person, but it's still the same type of interview or same type of competition or um so it, it has the same sort of segments every week so my this show has that and our my newsletter has that mm-hmm. so i i used to start with a video 
uh, my email would open with a video of me just updating my readers on what I've done over the last month. So, oh, I've written, you know, 28,000 words and uh, I got stuck on this part of the plot and this character, you know, just sort of updating them like that. Um, so that was sort of the magazine segment one. Yeah. And and then I realized that, you know, I was sending this out to thousands of people and there was thousands of people opening them. But when I looked at the amount of clicks around at the video on different sort of links I have on it, so, they were so low. So people right. weren't necessarily watching the video because it led them to YouTube and then they had to open, you know what I mean? It's so it wasn't really worth my time and that. So now I just give them a sort of an update in text, like yeah. a, a normal email. And then I have other segments um, on the show, like uh, there will always be a competition to win a signed book. I have a readers Q and A, so it, there's a reader every month who plays a game called Favorites, which is I ask them what's their favorite book of mine, their favorite character of mine, their favorite scene, their idea. favorite That's twist ending. Yeah, and I have a I have a, a, a decent number of them lined up over the next months to go, and they're quite keen to do it, and it's it's a nice um. It's nice to put them in the newsletter, my readers in the newsletter. And what else do I do? I ha I always have a sort of a, a link to a, a book of mine down the end, you know, because even though these are readers, it doesn't necessarily mean they've read every book. So I always make sure there's a link to it, almost like an ad in there too, at the very bottom of the of the newsletter what are the other features i do sometimes i change it but i have recommendations what to watch this month what to what to read this month this is what i'm going to be reading this is what i'm going to be watching um so yeah just, I, it's like a magazine format and it's i think really it works engaging. that is really engaging like i said it's 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 a mile away from what i send out <laughs> i feel like mine's useless yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that. the thing about a magazine might not necessarily work for everybody either but what it is good for is you're not sitting there at a blank page thinking, what's my newsletter going to be about this week? At least there's already structure there. Yeah. Um, so have a think about what works for you. And that sort of friendly tone that I have in relationship uh, with my readers, it doesn't necessarily, that's not going to be everybody's. If, if you're a real, I don't know, you could be a romance writer. Your relationship is probably going to be different with your readers or your, your tone might be different compared to somebody who writes horror fiction you know what i mean so yeah. so whatever your tone and brand is and we've already done a podcast on brand and um, that you can implement that into your newsletter as well so have a think outside the box we're asking our listeners to be creative this week aren't we come up with an idea of how I'm you can be yeah good i hope you get in, inspired by this now but i'm not great at it i do drop in people's email i hate i hate when it comes to the sale do you know what i mean because at yeah. some point you're launching the book and you kind of have to reach out to them and you do extra emails perhaps that month ago this book is out today Um, you get some great feedback on those but it, it, it doesn't feel right to be such a strict seller to me so that's, that's why i think having the email news that are running once a month eliminates how harsh that sale comes when it has to come and that's a really good segue into the the next sort of point I wanted to make was, although the main reason you want a mailing list is you want that direct line into people who've bought your books. Yeah. There are other benefits to having mm -hmm. like an engaged mailing list. So yeah. the big the biggest one I can think of is you, you you can build your advanced reader team. Now we've been over this in the launch episode that we did uh, a couple of months ago now. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to go over old ground there of what an advanced reader team is. Yeah, go listen um, to our old episodes yeah, that you haven't go, listened go to. Go back and guys. listen to every episode. However, <laughs> you you know that's a benefit from this. I haven't paid any money, apart from my monthly subscription to MailerLite, I haven't paid any money to get people to to drop reviews on the day of launch or to do some free proofreading for me. Yeah. And that's because I've built this engaged, to an extent, mailing list. Um, and then... I think you you do this as well, David, but like every now and then I'll go, oh, this book, I'd love to see if this book get to like over this many reviews over the next few weeks. If you've read yeah. it, please drop a review. And then suddenly out of nowhere, those reviews go up like that because exactly. they, they're listening and they want to help. And you find a lot of the people who are on your mailing list are there because A, they like your books and B, they want to see you succeed. Yeah. So again, it goes back to that notion of don't be afraid to to, to put that out there. Don't be afraid to ask people. So, yeah, you know, that's a very good point. Yeah, in charge of that business. 
Um, but I mean, there's some other benefits. Do you, do you have any others that you can think of off the top of your head? Over? Yeah, no, that is great. I, I've even found um, readers who I now pay. So they don't pay for their books now. I pay them to uh, read my books beforehand because they were people who got in touch who said, oh, we, I, I spotted this little error here. And then they'll say, oh, I studied literature and blah, 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 blah. I'd love to proofread your books. And I go, okay, I'll add you to the team because I like yeah. extending my team of proofreaders. Yeah. I like I like to have as many as possible. Um, so it's great like that. And yeah, for those advanced readers and building relationships, that, that's a great point uh, you'd make there, Robert. There are certainly other benefits mm-hmm. to having an engaged mailing list than just, the, the, just selling your book to them when your book's coming out. Yeah, um, I think we've covered quite a fair bit about mailing. It's more than I thought we knew. <laughs> Whether or not yeah. it's good advice or good, good, you know, good, good stuff, yeah. who knows? But we've been able to speak about it for a while. Yeah, um, I think I sounded there over the last twenty minutes like I knew what I'm talking about. I'm running a healthy email list. I I know I could be better at that. Yeah, I could definitely um, be better at it. So, but do you have a, do you have any tips? A tip before we go? You've already asked people to do a certain few things this week. Um, is there any tips, any watch outs for you? I would say that, that one watch out is there's no point in getting email addresses for the sake of email addresses. If, in, in, like the wrong, if somebody's not a, a, a fan of your books or hasn't read your books, there's no point in having their email address. Mm-hmm. So it, it's definitely about getting the quality signups that you can get and ones that are, are, are likely to sort of attach themselves to you and follow you and your career. Yeah, I, I agree. I think... Um, I think I said earlier, your organic sign up from people who have read your books is, is sort of the the you know, yeah what, the what you be, yeah that's what you want to be getting um, yeah and so joining up with these sort of like mailing list builders that you see on Book Funnel I haven't been on them in years so I don't know if they've improved but you could get a thousand sign ups in a month and then send an email out and only 10 people would open it because they're there yeah. for free books. We've been over this. Yeah. People who want free books only want free shit. They don't want free. Yeah, know, know your audience, stuff. yeah. So um, the only other sort of watch that I'll do is if you do start polluting your mailing list with as many sites as you can get, regardless of where they come from, you'll start hitting higher price points on your subscription services. Yes. And there's no point paying more money for people just for the the a high number to sort of satisfy your ego you may as well yeah. reduce that down and, and yeah get your money Cult- cultivated yeah absolutely we should probably just say also before we go that if, if you listen to this and it sounds like a, the tall mountain is standing in front of you of email newsletters and and you haven't even started you know where to begin and we're saying to you well make sure it's quality over quantity well the thing is if, if even if yours is slow and, and it's a slow build up and, and say maybe you've got like six or seven hundred and you just think it's such a small number and uh, it's it's that's actually really healthy if you have a few hundred who are opening your email newsletters every week and, and they're following the trajectory of your auto career well then say for example the next time you're launching a book imagine knowing that there's going to be 300 sales mm-hmm. dropping on, on the day of launch so that so the more you have of those loyal followers uh, and you can do that best through email, uh, the healthier your career will be every time you're launching a book. David, it's time for the mailbag. Um, and this week... Okay, not a, ba- not a bad little um, <laughs> well, sting. It's one of my side... It's not one of my best, side business, but not bad. It's little jingles for the podcast. Um, so this week's question <laughs> comes from my listener, Nicola, Nicola Reddy. Uh, so thank you, Nicola, for sending it in. Um, and it says, how do you guys mm-hmm. price your books? Do you follow any particular formula, such as first in the series is free, then 99p, and then up to more profitable prices? I'm always afraid to raise the price of my books in case the sales stop. But the sales that I'm making are barely bringing much profit because they are sold at a low price point. Discuss. Ooh, um, thanks, Nicola. That's a good for one. the question. I have a very boring mm. answer. It is a good. It's a, it's a really great question. That's gonna <laughs> gonna get a boring answer uh, from me. Anyway, uh, my answer is test, 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 Nicola, which I'm getting um, ribbed up <laughs> from Robert for saying all the time. But that is what you should really be doing with your 
the prices of your books test them at 199 test them at 299 at 399 at 499 at 599 find out which is bringing you the most profit one might be bringing mm. you less sales but more profit so if you're selling at 599 and you're selling 20 books a day that's probably better than selling third it's definitely better than selling 100 yeah. books at 99p a day in terms of bottom line especially because the royalty rate profit. changes on amazon um, so, if you're under 99p you can only get 35 yeah. percent. whereas if you're I, I believe it's 199 or above it's 70 percent hmm it then becomes 70%. Yeah, I think it's 177 for some reason. I don't know why it's such a weird mm. number, or it is on my books. Um, it may have something to do, to do with the um, how big the file is of your actual ebook file when it goes into Kindle. Um, so mine's about, one, once it goes under 177, it has to be 35%. Anything mm -hmm. over that is 70%. Um, so price, um, test at all those prices, Nicola, and find out what works uh for your books um i i don't no. like the free book concept i have to say i know there are formulas out there that people are following which is absolutely fine i think the whole free book concept sort of devalues in the publishing a little bit this whole idea that we have a million guys yeah. out there who just want free books and they can get free books because there's so many free books out there i don't i'm, I'm not a big fan of it morally uh, but I believe everybody must plan their own prices and develop their own price structure that best suits their financial goals and their in the author business. So the best answer I can give to you there, Nicola, is is to really um, test it and see what works for you. I have just risen the prices of my books. I was selling a three ninety nine Kindle for a long time, an eleven ninety nine paperback. I'm now selling at five ninety nine Kindle and still eleven ninety nine. Um, on the paperback and i've seen a slight decrease in my sales but an increase okay. in profit overall so that's just testing that the 599 is working and um, what about um, you robert so i've, I've also Nicola? just raised the prices of my sam pope series um so they were three oh, cool. they were 399 oh great um for my um friend of the show again gene granger who <laughs> we just keep shouting out all all episode mm -hmm. today um she 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 just said to me yeah. if you're making sales if you're making consistent sales at a certain price point for a consistent number of time if you raise your price you'll make the same sales um so i raised i raised them all from 399 right. to 4.99 and i haven't seen a dip in in sales so all my oh, all brilliant. my page reads and and that's that? Been, that when did that so when did when did we have a do you know, show like about a month ago so about a month so, so i've had a month of testing yeah it and I'm, I'm i'm happy to keep it at that point so, oh great so, no, I mean, there, there's no been days off. where I've had like, oh, that's a low sales day. But then I'll have days where, you know, I've yeah. had 70 sales or something like that. So, it, again, I, I don't look at my sales day to day. I'll probably look at week to week to get more of a clear picture. And there hasn't been a drop. So yeah. so that's good. But um, oh, so just, just to echo what David said, uh, Nicola, uh, regarding the pricing, I've done a loss leader, which is having a free book out when I went wide a few years ago. And it worked well for mm -hmm. a month or two, where I was getting thousands of downloads across the platforms and then seeing read through. And then it stopped because the yeah. people who wanted the free book probably didn't need it anymore because they got it. And the thing is, if you if you attract people who want free books, you're going to get people who only want free books. So if you're giving them a book for free and then asking yeah. them to part with a two, three quid four quid five quid and i you know in, in in some instances for the next yeah. one they're just going to go find the next free book so i feel like that that like you said it draws in the wrong people um and i've never done a 99p book yeah. apart from um prequel novellas which i now have got at 199 um because the i just think the royalty on that is it's relative like you said there it's relatively pointless like 30 30p for your book it's not yeah, you need to value it yeah. a bit higher. Mm -hmm. the, the, the one thing I would say just as a watch out when it comes to pricing is, of course, you should test it. But I think you should test it, log like make sure you're testing it very logically. And what I mean by that is if you think like a customer when it comes to your pricing. So we're in the position, David, um, where we can raise our prices because, you know, we, we've got a number of books highly rated we've got all the things in place like the covers the copy the branding um the read through and we've also got all the social proof of the reviews you know so you'll bet 
that social proof exactly. allows us to so, charge for so yeah, my, my first in my sample yeah. series is, is approaching 3000 ratings and it's you know four and a half star the whole series is four and a half awesome. star most of them are either over a thousand ratings or close there so so that offers this element of prestige right that's brilliant that's that's where it cultivates yeah and that social proof and consistency can justify a high price point to a customer so i think if you're yeah, very if you've only got point, one book yeah. to say and you've got six reviews and you haven't got more books to offer it's it's going to be difficult to get someone to say okay yeah mm-hmm. i'll give five quid for this book um and i think you know there's yes. other things so you can put at a lower price work on the next ones which you know david said his catchphrase this answer i'm going to say mine nothing will sell your book more than your next book um but i would say you know people invest in authors just as much as they do in the books like you build up a readership and i think until you sort of have mm-hmm. that it's probably best not to try and overprice your books hunting money when you should be looking at trying to build something that will allow you to do it further down the line to Okay, Robert, it's the, it's my favourite time of the week again. We um, have the seven questions. And with us this week, uh, very thankful for your time, Dale, because we've had a little bit of technical difficulty there. So thanks for bearing with us and your patience. Dale Hurst, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, yes, pleasure to be here. Um, so, yeah, my name is Dale Hurst. Um, I'm an author of uh, mainly historical fiction, mysteries. Um, I've written two novels um, in a series called The Berylford Scandals. Like, they look great. We've, I've, we've been checking them out on Amazon. Uh, congratulations on your publications so far, Dale. Um, two books in. Are you ready to face the seven questions? I am indeed, yeah. Indeed. Okay, Robert, do you want to hit there with number one? I, I will do indeed, Dale. Um, before I do hit this, I'm I'm going to let our listeners know that you're also a seasoned podcaster yourself. Um, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you, you should be good at this. <laughs> should should be right, more pressure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, this is a high. Um, this is a pressure cooker environment, and I'm going to hit you with question number one. Uh, so, Dale, are you a full time author? Uh, unfortunately, not. No. Um, however, I do. Uh, always seem to land in jobs where there is some form of written work required. Um, I'm a trained journalist by in background. Um, I've, I used to run a food and travel blog. Uh, and later, um, during COVID, I was the editor of a human interest magazine nice. uh, for uh, just local to Bournemouth, uh, where I'm from. And now I work at uh, Arts University Bournemouth, um, oh, one of the specialist colleges that we have down here um, where I basically help take care of their website and uh, get to write content for that. Oh, brilliant. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily go so far as to say full-time author, but certainly a um, not necessarily a part-time writer either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my authoring sadly is restricted to sort of evenings and weekends and uh, even then every other week um because uh, as as you say um i've got other projects that i'm juggling at the same time namely the, the podcast yeah um yeah. my podcast the dalehurst writing show uh, which is entering its uh, third season this oh, wow. year oh wow Congrats. congratulations on that thank you very oh, much so you're definitely a full-time content creator there's no doubt about that <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the most accurate yeah. <laughs> way, way to put it, certainly, yeah. Nice. Okay, well, let's sort of focus on the two books you've published so far and the decisions you've made with your indie author career. Um, so one of the first decisions we make is, are we wide or exclusive with our eBooks? What decision have you made there? Um, I am exclusive uh, on Amazon KDP. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was like starting to seriously consider um, going down the indie route, I got put in touch with um, an author who I'd actually been on a screenwriting course with her. It was, it was talk about small world, but yeah, just someone hooked us up and we already knew each other. Um, she sent me this very detailed email um, with just all these tips and tricks about how to self-publish the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot on marketing, which I will talk about a bit later. Um, <laughs> but uh, She said that Am- it was either Amazon KDP or Ingram Spark. They were the two sort of ways 
and go. And Mm -hmm. I got on very well with Amazon and I was very intimidated by Ingram Spark. I didn't find it very easy to get on with at all. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, it's partly down to my own sort of naivete, really. At the time, you know, I hadn't really gone in with the right mindset of I'm a businessman with Mm. a product. I was like, I'm an author and I've written a book. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, and Ingram Spark, as I read it anyway, is very sort of business-oriented, as it should be. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, whereas Amazon was... You know, here's a platform to help you publish your work, um, which I found a bit more appealing. Um, but yeah, Amazon, I, I recommend it to people even even now who are thinking about going down the independent route themselves. Um, so yeah, I stick with them. Yeah, great. Yeah, I think we've all been in that situation of, of going, oh no, I just, I'm a writer and this is my book, not I'm a businessman yeah. and this is my content. Um, and it's, so it's, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a journey to to shift that mindset. Um, but obviously, you've, you've highlighted there an excellent piece of um, you know someone giving you advice. We're now going to start tapping you up for some advice, Dale. Um, and mm-hmm. question number three for you is: name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without. Yeah, so I, I mentioned marketing just now. Uh, if if selling yourself is something that you struggle with, as as I do, um, I recommend outsourcing your marketing elsewhere. I would not mm-hmm. be even halfway on my journey, really, uh, without the services and advice of an agency called Ocean View Marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I found them just as they had started up um they gave me what they were calling a marketing mot so i was about a year in i i had been i'd published the first one in 2018 they started up in 2019 but yeah so they gave me this marketing mot it was sort of like a freebie um where they basically just asked me what am i doing for my marketing at the moment and they took that looked at my website and my socials and whatnot and gave me an assessment of this is what you could be doing very easily right now Mm. Um, but then they, they revamped my website as well. They gave me a lot of advice about about my socials and what I could be doing there to just sort of boost myself organically. Yeah. Um, and here we are five years on um, since publishing book one, and I turn to them even now um, because they, they've just been such an invaluable asset. Oh, great. Fantastic. David just um, started outsourcing part of his marketing haven't you david yeah with a company called perpetua um mm. I, c- I just can't get my head around the data required for amazon ads so i've outsourced that now and mm. um, so, yeah. so we'll see how that goes so that's interesting that you outsource it and we do preach that that's it's 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 part of the many benefits of being independent is you can take on whatever roles you want and outsource um roles that you're not very comfortable with lovely answer um well it sort of leads us to the next question which is um on marketing so how do you market books uh, do does this company what's it called ocean view ocean view yes ocean so view. will they market on facebook or amazon or how do they market well, your books? i really I, i've only sort of relied on them for mainly the advice and the just oh, a okay. point in the direction because i'm unfortunately very you know as as will many independent authors, very limited on budget. Yes. Um, so I try and do as much of it as I can myself without with just with some steering. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. so Ocean View. Apart from the website, that one was, you know, they they really did overhaul it from a very basic blog into an actual marketing website asset, really. yeah yeah into an actual website yeah exactly call it what it is. Um, <laughs> uh, so a lot of branding then they probably helped you with did they? Well, we sort of defined this is this is your Dale has a certain look, yeah. and this there is a specific like color scheme and things yeah, like that. Right. But yeah, it didn't really go much beyond that. Yeah. But that's fine because I I just wanted I wanted a platform that we could use to actually like potentially make sales. Yes, um, and that and that's what they gave me. Um, and again, I I 
<laughs> I'm, I'm infinitely in their debt, really, because otherwise it would have just been a standard WordPress blog and uh, wouldn't be getting anywhere. Right. Um, but, but with all that aside, though, social media has been the main tool, um, mm -hmm. primarily through Facebook and Instagram, a little bit of YouTube and latterly on Twitter. I was on Twitter quite actively when I was a journalist and then uh, got trolled off of it. Uh, yeah. But that's a story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, however, I, I think COVID, uh, I hate to mention it, but yeah, I think COVID really proved the power of in-person interaction and the spoken word. And because I published my first book in 2018 and sold uh, 100 copies in just under a year, did the second in 2020, right in the middle of lockdown, and only sold half as well, but with only social media to lean on. The key difference being, of course, there were no events, no speaking engagements, no yeah. parties to casually drop it into conversation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and the changes speak for themselves. Obviously, now we're back to normal, and I'm starting to do events again, Um just as an example, I'm hosting a small event for historical fiction authors at the Bournemouth Writing Festival, um, which is this April. Um, mm. And so moving forward, I would like to sort of get back out to fairs and such like yeah. to you know, actually give readings and whatnot. Yeah, that sounds great. Really, that's a really interesting answer because yeah. I think a lot of the guests we've had on here, and we've had the yeah, very guests, we've had, we've had guests who literally just published their first book to guests who sold millions um mm. of books and you find a lot of them have said things like you know they they don't like putting themselves front and center or they're they're quite introvert so so the fact that you're you're sort of yearning for that face-to-face -face, yeah like like this yeah. sort of i don't Thing. yeah i think that's just that's a fascinating answer. I, I, don't, I don't fear the i don't fear the public even when i haven't worked in content creating <laughs> roles i have been very upfront and set i mean I, I worked in hospitality for a very long time so i've been you know i've always been sort of front of house yes literally um so yeah very public facing i i'm not I'm not afraid of public speaking or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I wouldn't go so far as to call myself an extrovert, but yeah, I, you're I comfortable in that feel. circumstance. I used to do a lot, a lot of public speaking, and I haven't done any since COVID, and it's something I might want to get mm. back into. So you you've mm. inspired me there, Dale. I need to get oh. I need to get my um, some contacts and some networks to to start playing that game again. I do really enjoy mm. it when I do it. Yeah, so like I said, it's a. Fantastic answer. Um, answer. I do fear the public, but that's just because I think most of the public are idiots. Um, <laughs> moving on to question five. <laughs> uh, question five is: What's the one thing you know that you wish uh, you know now that you wish you knew from the outset? I found this one actually quite hard to narrow down because, um, as I as I alluded earlier, it actually taught me quite a few lessons. Um, the indie route. I think. Besides what I mentioned earlier about having more of a business attitude, a business mindset, uh, I'd say be mindful of where you invest your budget. Mm -hmm. um, I hit the jackpot with my cover designers. Both of them really knocked out of the park in terms of what I well, I mean, with the first one, I didn't really know what I wanted. I just yeah. said, this is what the book is about. Mm -hmm. Take that and we'll go with that. Um, and yeah apart from having to remove a ferris wheel in the background of a night of an 18th century town i didn't think it quite belonged there um <laughs> it was uh you know he, he pretty much nailed it and Great. then getting the second one do i said do what he did but make it red <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was very much um yeah i i could i couldn't complain about that but however i found before i found ocean view the the marketing agency i, I ran afoul of a a book PR company who charged a good portion of my marketing budget. It must have been a good 300, 400 pounds, wow. um, which for someone just starting out is it's huge. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of yeah. money anyway, but yeah, exactly. For someone who had really sort of jumped in, it was, yeah, a good third or so. Um, they produced an admittedly very good press release, sent it around to all these outlets, um, but produced very little result mm. as uh, yeah. off the back of it I had like two or three reviewers come forward saying um 
you know, we'll, we'll review your book. You've got to send it to us, send us a free copy. Um, and then, but also give us 30, 40, 50 quid for the pleasure of reviewing oh, it. Wow. And I, I just thought, well, that's a lot of money to throw at someone who might not even like what they read. Yep. You know, it's a bit of a gamble. And yeah, I, so I felt a bit swindled, yeah. um, but also humbled. It is, it is a lesson in making sure you've done your research uh, and your due diligence. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's more for me, really. Um, we live and we learn. We live and we learn, yeah. I think that's a, it's a like, thank you for for sharing that because that's, it's not a nice it's not a nice feeling. Um, I think Dave and I have shared you know some negative experiences we've had. Yeah. And as much as we champion the indie author community and we think it's fantastic um you are always going to get people who you know lurk on the edges who will like you sort of said sort of swindle people um so it's mm. a really good watch out so thank you for that yeah indeed another great answer um question six then dale is what is the biggest frustration for you as an independent author uh credibility um this idea that if you're self published or independent then you're not a real like author yeah uh you're you're an amateur um that i I hate the word amateur really in in any respect but yeah i almost feel like that like that's walking up to a parent and insulting their child um (laughs) in in terms of this is your book but you know you did it yourself so yeah it's not a it's not a real thing uh there there are tons of books out there that or just art in general mm-hmm. um you know music and films and etc etc that are taking the world by storm dale this week the 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 big oscar winners on sunday mm. all of them the big ones all independent yeah. movies Fantastic. all done without the big studios yeah so it, 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 you know but some of the some of these you know books independently they will do a lot worse than a Love Island winner's autobiography <laughs> purely because they are, because they're not a name. Yeah. And I think there needs to be more support for local independent authors and artists just in general, even from like local press, my own local paper. I reached out to them when I was releasing the second book. Um, again, as I mentioned, this was during lockdown not a lot going on in news in the first place. So one would have thought they would have at least jumped on the chance to <clears throat> get a little yeah. word piece in there. But they said, uh, no, because uh, you're not attached to a publishing company. Oh, wow. And I thought, you know, if you can't turn to your own local paper for, yeah. for an outlet, what, where can for, you For a local really? artist, yeah, because you're not mm. attached. That's ridiculous. And um, I just yeah. keep saying to these people that... Um, Traditionally, published authors are only making seven and a half grand a year from their books. You know, there's a lot more to be earned going going the independent route. I I keep repeating that Mm. all the time. Um, And I know so many authors, uh, Rob and I are, um, both have had this experience where we've been traditionally published and weren't earning any money Mm -hmm. from it. Mm. So we've only started earning money from being independent. And it's the same through all the arts. It's not just writing movies, we just alluded to there. The best music coming out are not people attached to the big five uh music production studios um it's all independence and people doing it their own way so that that's that's what the internet allows us to do so that's what we shall do yeah absolutely quite right right dale the pressure cooker environment you've handled it (laughs) remarkably well i'd say remarkably well you've handled it incredibly well and yeah really great answer excellently um like spoken so I'm going to ask you <laughs> the final question, which is what's the one piece of advice you would pass on to our listeners? Um, <clears throat> be mindful of feedback and criticism, mm-hmm. um, but don't take it from people who haven't written a book themselves. <laughs> uh, obviously, reader feedback is important and they are our customers after all but i also maintain that if they have technical complaints or try to talk to you as though they're a writer themselves and you know fair play if they are one but if they're not then don't let someone tell you how to do your job yeah um 
I, that's what I equated to anyway. The, you know, so I, I take, I generally take things like that with a pinch of salt now. Yeah. If it's valid, if it's perfectly valid, then I will roll over and say, okay, fair enough. But yeah, if, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of loath to take that to take such feedback too seriously because there are a lot of people out there who will just shoot you down for their own amusement yeah. and, you know why? Why? Yeah. Why? Te- why dignify that with your attention? Um, so I usually, I usually let other writers do my beta reading. Yeah. Um, just because I know that I'm going to get a more informed view, and you know, and I, that's what I recommend people, other writers do. Really, don't find yourself a yes man. Yeah. And don't necessarily find someone who's going to shoot down everything. Find someone who will be constructive but they will tell you how it is if mm-hmm. it's bad then you need to know it's bad but you need to know why it's bad and have an informed view of how you might make it better yeah really. yeah i, so, I agree 100 especially in part of the bit about the thick skin like you know taking stuff on the chin if you have to um yeah. and i think you're right uh, with regards to dealing with negativity like just letting it sort of roll off your back not, not rising to it yeah especially yeah, if it's yeah. No, not coming from a valid a valid source. Um, yeah. yeah, no. Thank- yeah, it's a gr- it's a great point to raise to every in the author at every level, really, because imposter syndrome uh, gets into everybody. It doesn't matter how successful mm. you've been at it. Yeah. So great answer to uh, great answer to every question, Dale. Uh, thank you so yes. much for giving us your time on this uh, St Patrick's Day morning. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, I didn't even think about it. Yes, happy St. Patrick's. It's, uh... <laughs> there we go. Just getting my Irishism, Irishism across. No, here we go, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the Irish card. Um, um, Dale, please give us the uh, name of your podcast again. Uh, my podcast is the Dale Hurst Writing Show. Dale Hurst Writing Show. Okay, I'm going to tune yes. into that and, and give it a listen. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it and best of luck with your author career going forward. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been, a re- it's been real good fun. Thank you, Dale. Thank you. Two Well, another seven questions done, Robert. It brings us to the end of episode 22. Um, Dale Hurst, what an- another wonderful guest for the, for the seven cues. I know. Fantastic. He has such good answers every time. I, I just, I find um, I find our, our guests fascinating every time. I think there's so many different angles and ways people go at stuff. I just think it's brilliant. So, yeah, massive thank you to Dale for thank you, joining Dale. us today. Um, and always, we'll say, if people would like to sit in the hot seat, David, face you and I for our terrifying seven questions, <laughs> how can they do that? Um, the best thing to do is to hop on our Facebook page to In The Authors Podcast. And Robert has pinned to the very top of that page a form that you can fill out. It, it only takes about a minute, 90 seconds to fill out um, your name and the types of books you write and the fact that you're an indie author. We will get your details then and we will contact you to appear on the show. And all it will cost you is your soul. That's all. 90 seconds uh- and your soul. Yeah, that's literally, that's all we ask for. Um, <laughs> David, hopefully the week ahead isn't filled with snow or strikes for you. And if it's not, what are you planning on doing? I am hoping if I can finish the first draft of Betsy Blake, by the time I sit down to talk to you next week, Robert, I would be a very happy man. Mm. Um, I also hope to fill you in on a bit more how my Amazon ads are doing. I'm not expecting any sea of change over the next week but i'll let you know how comfortable i'm feeling with the perpetua uh, uh platform uh, as i get to grips with it over the next week but yeah writing wise if i can get if i can get another um twelve thousand word ten thousand words down just to finish this first draft yeah. although there will still be work to be done on it and um, i will be delighted what about you You're, are you going to have a novel finished by the time I, I, you talk to me next week that's the aim the yes. aim is is to have that novel done the well the, the first draft of it done and then it's just the as you know, I subscribe to just get it done and then I can start putting it through the editing process. So, yeah, that's going to be my main aim. And I want to do it as quick as possible because I, I love that part of the process of it getting edited and getting it ready to launch. I'm also 
I don't want to get it done that quickly because my next task after that is to battle pages and pages of um, errors in my Bermuda books um, that I've, I've I've had sent to me by a proofreader. So uh, hopefully, um, hopefully I get the book written and then I can dive straight into them. Anyway, I've had enough of this, David. So I'm gonna go. <laughs> Dum 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 d